chapter 1 verses 8 to 22 although I'm skipping some verses what happened this morning was extremely prophetic and we want to make sure that we understand what the Holy Spirit is doing and this is going to be an important moment I want to prepare your minds this is going to be an important moment particularly for parents it's going to be a very important moment whether you're a parent or a grandparent this is a very important moment moment and we want to make sure that we understand what the Holy Spirit is doing at this moment. Reading from the Passion Translation, Luke chapter 1 verse uh, 8 and 9, one day while Zachariah's priestly order was on duty, he was serving as priest. It happened by the casting of lots, according to the custom of the priesthood, that the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter into the holy place, and burn incense before the Lord. Verse 10, a large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside of the temple at the hour when the incense was being offered. 11, all at once or suddenly, say suddenly. 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 In other words, without warning, the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, appeared to Zechariah, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Stay the right hand. He's on the right hand aside. Verse 12, Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel assured him, saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. For I've come to tell you that your prayer has been answered. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how do you expect me to believe this? What sign can you give me to prove that this will happen? Verse 21, meanwhile, the crowds outside kept expecting him to come out. They were amazed over Zachariah's delay, wondering what could have possibly happened inside of the sanctuary. The crowd was wondering what took him so long. What could have possibly happened inside the sanctuary? Verse 22, when he finally did come out, he tried to talk, but he couldn't speak a word. And they realized from his gestures that he had seen a vision while in the holy place. I want to speak to you on the subject, close encounters. Zechariah was a descendant, a direct descendant of Aaron who was the high priest of Israel, the first high priest of Israel. That was one of the qualifications of being a priest, that you had to be a direct descendant. He was of the clan of Abijah, which means one whose father is Jehovah. Abba means father, and Jah means Jehovah. Uh, back in those days, the priesthood was divided into 24 courses, basically 24 hours in a day, uh, and each course, uh, and again, uh, Zachariah's course 
was after the course of Abijah, that was their name, and each course was to serve one full week, but to cover the year, they served one full week twice a year, that is 14 days. Are you with me so far? And now here's the problem. The problem is, is that there were 20,000 priests, which means average of about 833 priests were serving each week. Are you with me so far? And they would draw lots. That is, they would take these sticks, and I don't know who held the stick, but each uh, priest would draw the stick, and whatever stick said, you have been chosen to enter into the holy place and offer uh, the burnt sacrifice before the Lord, uh, then uh, whoever that lot fell to or that choice fell to, that priest will go into the holy place. Uh, and in the holy place, as he's entering into the holy place, there's the outer court. Are you with me? And then there is the holy place. And then there is the most holy place, the holies of holies. That, that is, and that is a picture of the triune God and also the triune man. On the outside is our body. Everybody sees what's going on. That's the outer court. Are you with me? On the holy place, on the inside, only the priest can see. That's where your soul is. That's where your heart is. But behind the curtain, behind the veil, is your spirit. Are you following me? So on the left side, on the right side, right, rather, there is the table of showbread. On the left side, there is the holy, there's the, the lamp, which speaks of revelation. The table of showbread, which speaks of the fact that I must sustain my life through the nourishment of God. Are you with me? And then over in front is this golden altar where, where Zechariah was to offer incense before the Lord, and this incense would be a sweet-smelling savor or a scent before the Lord. Are you with me? And, and so what happened, in the, and that incense speaks of worship, and it speaks of intercessory prayer. So what we did this morning, we offered incense of worship to the Lord, and he went, ah, that was good. That's why Jericho, the first place of battle, Jericho, Jericho means in Hebrew, the place of fragrance. That means if you're going to tear your walls down, you have to make it a place of fragrance so that God can inhale and exhale. Amen. He'll inhale your praises and he'll exhale a breath that will blow your walls down. And maybe the reason why your walls aren't coming down because you have God is waiting to exhale. Tell somebody that right now. If you would praise him, he'll exhale. Tell somebody that's a word right there. You can leave right now. All of us, when we inhale something that smells good, we go, and God is saying at Jericho, you walk around and you shout, oh my goodness. So Zachariah, there's a 3% chance that he is going to be chosen. And the thing is, is that when you're chosen as a priest, because it was such an incredible honor, once you got chosen, you could never be chosen again. So you're talking about a man who's probably, I don't know, 
maybe in his 70s, maybe his 80s, maybe his 90s, who has never been chosen. And finally, his day has come. This is like, this is like being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because there are some, there, many priests will go a lifetime without getting this honor. And yet, while he's living righteous, the Bible says that he had no child. That he and his wife Elizabeth, they were barren. They had no child. There was a stigma to that. Rabbi said, Rabbi said that there are seven people who are excommunicated from God. Seven people who God says, I don't like you too. Seven people who says, who, who, who the rabbi says, really have no favor with God. And two of those things is a rabbi who has no wife and a rabbi who has no children. So year after year, he's living faithful, but he's not being chosen to draw the lot. And I imagine his co-workers, are you with me? His colleagues were probably saying, man, you'll never be chosen because you're cursed. And yet he still was faithful. But the Bible says in verse 8 and 9, one day it finally happened. Tell somebody your one day will happen. Tell them it may take 10 months. Tell them it may take 10 years. But it's going to happen. I bet somebody bless him right now. Weeping may endure for a night, and your night may be long, but joy will come in the morning. You may look cursed, but you must declare, I'm blessed and highly favored. You just wait and see, my day, my day will come. One day it finally happened, the honor to enter into the holy place and encounter God's right hand, because the Bible says that Gabriel was at the right side of the altar of incense. He was on the right side, and that's why no powerful word by Lady God. Do you might know? Okay, good. So that must have been the Lord because, uh, again, the Bible says when, 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 when uh, Jabez was saying, my life is full of sorrow, that's what the name Jabez means, my life is full of sorrow, or in modern vernacular, I'm just living a sorry life. My life is sorry. And he said to God in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, the only solution is let your hand be on my life. But I don't want just any hand. I want the right hand. Because Psalms chapter 16, verse 11 says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your, there are pleasures forevermore. But see, he says this. I misquoted it because the first part is, you will show me the path of life. You will show me how to live. It's in your presence. It's in your presence. If I want pleasures that are at your right hand, I must get in your presence. And the, and the accelerant, the accelerant, the accelerant that gets you quickly into the presence of God, and I don't mean quickly, but as quickly as you can, because sometimes it may take a while, but it is the quickest access into the presence of God is praise. Because Psalm 22 verse 3 says, God inhabits the praises of people. 
I believe someone said it in, that in Japanese, I'm not sure, but they quoted it. Maybe I'll ask Masato. They said that if you translate this word, this, this scripture, it says the person who prays creates a big seat for God to sit on. Tell, ask somebody, does God have a seat in your house? Or is there constantly complaining and murmuring and bickering? Hallelujah. Some of you are looking at it and say, what happened to him on Thanksgiving? Praise the Lord. And my wife quoted the scripture, Psalm 98, verse 1, which says, God, your right hand and your holy arm secures victories. Oh, you got to get on the God's, you got to get on God's right side. <laughs> I'm on, I'm living on the right side of God. This word encounter, it means, it comes from two Latin words, E-N, which means inside or within, and contra, which means face to face. So, for example, usually we look at contra as a negative because uh, if I'm a contrarian, are you with me? That means I'm against you, which means I must be face to face. But this is different. Encounter speaks of face to face on the inside or face to face within. Are you with me? And, and what God is saying is that Zechariah, the, the story of Christ's mass, are you with me? Christ mass, Christ mass, mass. You look in your dictionary, it means celebration. So Christ mass is a celebration of Christ, not Santa Claus, not Rudolph. Are you with me? Uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Come on, don't get so deep. Elves are not demons. <laughs> you didn't laugh at that. Okay, I know you're, you're all too serious. <laughs> Everything's all right. You can you can talk to your kids about Santa Claus, but it's again it's celebration of Christ. The story begins with an encounter. An encounter. For four hundred years, nothing's happening. For four hundred years, they're just going in the sanctuary and coming out. The morning sacrifice. The evening sacrifice. 400 years, nothing is happening. And then all of a sudden, Zechariah has an encounter inside the sanctuary that marks him for life. Are you with me? Marks him for life. He has this encounter and it changes everything. And because people, they were waiting. What were they waiting for? Because Usually after the priest went in the sanctuary and offered praise unto God, he was supposed to come out and all the people like you are, are waiting for him to give the blessing found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. So they were waiting for him to do what I do at the end of services. Okay, they were waiting for him to say, may the Lord bless you and keep, that's what, so if you can imagine, for 400 years, twice a day, they're hearing that. And, and, but this time is different because they're waiting and they're waiting 
and they're waiting and they're waiting. And what's taking them so long? Usually every, every other priest came out, they did their thing and left. But what's taking them so long? What could be happening in there? And we're coming to the day where you you better you 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 better have some flexibility in your plans because there are going to be moments when we come in here and people are going to be saying, "Hey, I thought I was supposed to be meeting you at ten thirty at SNS. What took you so long? What was going on in there?" And you'll say, "I had an encounter. I was face to face." With God. <laughs> I was at the best show in town. Why would I leave that to see you? Because these encounters don't happen that often. I know we want to believe, I know we want to start the Christmas story of Mary and Joseph and even. Even the, the, the uh, angel Gabriel talking to Zechariah. But the story of Jesus' birth and next week is the celebration of the Advent. It starts with an encounter. It starts with an encounter. And you must pray for encounters. Face to face on the inside. Face to face in my heart. Because my heart can be deceived. But people say one picture is worth a thousand words. Face to face. Moses has a face to face encounter at the burning bush. And I want to talk about three types of places of within. First, within the heart, not in order, but within the heart, within the spirit, and within the sanctuary. Within the heart. That's why the Bible says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 or 9, says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says your issues are in your heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 and 10 says your, our hearts are deceitful above all things and our hearts are desperately wicked. Are you with me? It's, it's, it's our heart. And so we need an encounter with God in our heart or the modern but uh, a more uh, easier synonym to understand when it speaks of your heart. It's your attitude. Then there's face-to-face on the inside or within your spirit, okay? Within your spirit. Moses has this encounter with God in in his spirit because that's where God introduced himself as the I Am. He had an encounter with God in his spirit. Getting back to having an encounter with God uh, in in our heart. Paul had an encounter with God in his heart. In uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 3, God uh, uh, said, Jesus knocks him off his beast. 
And the Bible says he has this encounter where Jesus says, Paul, why are you, why are you crucifying me? Why, why, why are you doing this to me? In other words, what, what, what's, what's going on with your heart that you are trying to destroy me? Are you with me so far? And, and that encounter, that face-to-face on the inside mocked him for life. So years later, he, he speaks to Agrippa. Is it Agrippa? Yeah, and he gives his testimony, and he says these words. From that moment on, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I saw something that mocked me for life. How many of you have ever had an encounter with God that mocked you for life, that you can still speak of it decades later? You can still describe it like it was yesterday that there was a face-to-face there was an encounter on the inside that mocked you that you couldn't get away from. That I like what Bishop Tudor Bismarck said. He says in these words, you said, he says, you can't unsee what you saw. Once God shows you something, you can't say I didn't see it because it mocks you. And why is this so important? This is important because our children must have encounters with God. They must have face-to-face with God. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, to, after 58 years of living, I finally realized that my job as a pastor is to create a place where our children can have encounters face-to-face on the inside of their heart, face-to-face on the inside of their spirit. But first of all, at least face-to-face in the sanctuary where, where like Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3, where he is in the tabernacle and he has this encounter with God. And he doesn't know What's going on? And he he says to 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 Samuel, no, did you speak because because God will always sound like your pastor? What do you mean? Does God sound like Brian Green? No, no. What I'm saying is that when I speak, and I think I've been doing this long enough that you can recognize, hopefully, the anointing of my life. So the same sense you get when I'm speaking that says that's God, that's how God, that's how God will sound in your spirit. And so that's sometimes when you go someplace and people are preaching, they're putting the words nice together, but you're saying something, something's not clicking with my spirit because, and, and, and then you, end up, you, you don't want to say, but you say, that ain't God. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. And so, what I want, I want to, I want to talk to you about uh, creating a place of encounters for our children so that they have a face-to-face that mocks them for life. Gideon, why don't you come up here, sir? Bring your coat with you. Gideon. His name means hewer, or one who strikes forcefully with a hammer. 
The Bible says in Jeremiah, is not my word like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. You're going to have a breaker's anointing, sir. Now, you don't have to understand what that means. And it doesn't matter if he understands what it means because he has an adult Holy Spirit inside of him. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus grew in his understanding of people. Folks, Jesus didn't come out of Mary saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm going to die on Calvary. No, he came out of his mother going, eh, like any other child. So why don't you do this, Gideon? Put on your coat. See, that's why God is going to bless you and continue to bless you, Linda, because you constantly make sure that your child, your grandchildren, have access to encounters. Zipper up your coat. Okay, so we have this speaker here. And this speaker, hopefully if it works right, it will uh, play music. Okay. So... so now, how in the world is this speaker making sounds from my phone? Okay. This speaker is called a what? Bluetooth. Bluetooth. And so there is something inside of this speaker. Are you with me? And there's something inside of my phone that somehow they are connected. Are you with me? And we have to kind of make the thing that makes them connect is we call it what? Pairing. You got to, you got to pair them. Are you with me? And so what happens is that my spirit needs to pair with the Holy Spirit. And when my, when my spirit, this is me, pairs with the Holy Spirit, there is an encounter. Are you with me? And so hopefully, why don't you put this, can you just hold that? Can you hold that? You got that? And so now what happens is that because he has an encounter, so why don't you just start walking around? So no matter where he goes, you walk wherever you want. Because he had an encounter, even when he asked the fool, No matter how far he wanders from the Lord, he is sensing the encounter. No matter who he's hanging out with, he's sensing the encounter. He's sensing something in his spirit. 
no matter how he's acting like an idiot as a teenager in college, backslidden because he's had encounters and eventually he'll find his way back to God. We must create opportunities for the Holy Spirit to peer with our children's spirit so they have face-to-face -face encounters with God so that the God of their parents now become their God. So that, like me, when you walk by your children's rooms and you listen and you hear them weeping and worshiping as teenagers and you say, my God, my Father, Vanessa's, the God of Vanessa's and Jessica's parents has now become their God. And even if mommy and daddy were to backslide, they would say, I had my own face-to-face -face encounter. And whether you walk with God or not, mommy or daddy, what I have encountered inside of my spirit, as crazy as you're acting, I can't shake what happened on a morning in Pentecostal Tabernacle in the sanctuary. Because the word sanctuary means airy means the place, and sanctus means separated for God's use. And that's why we have these things like fan into flames. We're trying to create encounters. That's why we have women's retreat because we have trying to create encounters, not just fellowship with each other, but face to face. That's why, and I like the way, and I don't know, but I believe we were put by the Lord, but I like the way DeMond, uh, who leads the men's ministry, he always says these phrase, these next 25 hours, am I right? 25 hours are gonna change your life. That the encounter begins once you get on the bus. And the encounter can take place in an atmosphere of worship. An encounter can take place in a conversation. We just don't know, but it's a suddenly, without warning, God shows up and you realize I'm not face-to-face -face with Jamie. I'm face-to-face -face with God. Jamie only so happens to be a vessel that God is using. Amen. We have in the marriage retreat, need and ease. Yes. And yes, it's nice to have need and ease with our spouse, but we need need to knees, an encounter with God that changes me, that says, honey, I'm not the same husband that you were with 
two days before this retreat. And now what we're creating is the ultimate face-to-face, which is blessing generation, where we, where all we're trying to do, all we're trying to do is to facilitate an encounter. My job is just to get you to the Father and then get out of the way. Thank you.